Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. As you know, every week it's my goal to talk about somebody's journey through their financial vineyard. But we're taking a little sidestep today. And instead of talking to somebody, we're going to be talking about something. Something along the lines of retirement accounts and the type of distributions that you can take from retirement accounts. There's some little hidden secrets in there. I know this is not the typical wine and dime event where we're talking to somebody about their journey, but it might be about your journey, particularly in this year. Before we get started with the main education session, I do want to mention that for those of you that have been following along our Finger Lakes uh, tasting trail, I guess you want to call it. We would uh, would like to make a shout out to Domain Lesseur on Cuca Lake. We've been featuring them in our uh, newsletter, our weekly newsletter. If you don't already receive that and you want to, just hop on over to our website at www.rootedpg.com or post in any of our social media that you'd like to be added and we'll make sure that we take care of that. We featured three wines so far this month. First was a Cab Franc, no surprise if you know that's one of my favorites. Second was um, their Rosé Cab Franc, which was quite delicious. And then third was the Pinot Noir Barrel Select. This is a wine that's aged in French oak for 22 months and has nice spice, at least on my tongue. Definitely on the dry side. So if you're looking for semi-semi-sweet, then this is not your wheelhouse. But it's a delicious wine in my in my opinion. And the journey to get to their winery is quite delightful. Next month, we'll be featuring a winery that's just down the hill, literally from them. And I think you'll enjoy some of the information that we have about them. So on to the show. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to be talking about the different types of retirement accounts. There's all sorts of initials that exist when it comes to retirement accounts. We have the words IRA, Roth IRA, 401k, 403b, 457, simple IRA, SEP IRA, all sorts. And then there's different things like ESOPs and defined benefits even outside of those type of accounts that I've already mentioned. So let's dig into this just a little bit deeper. What is an IRA? An IRA is an individual retirement account. So it allows you to save money. Um, You may be able to deduct it. You may not. Uh, There are different reasons why you can deduct, but you can always make an IRA contribution. 
in 2020, the IRA contribution for a traditional and, by the way, a Roth IRA, which I'll get into the difference in just a minute. Um, if, if you want to make a contribution in 2020, uh, which is when this is recording, then you, it depends on your age, what the limits are, right? So if you're over age 50, you actually get to put what's called a catch-up contribution. So if you're under age 50, you can put 6,000. If you're over age 50, you can put an additional thousand. So you could put 7,000. Now, again, you may be able to deduct this and you may not. If you can't deduct this, then you need to keep track of how much is earnings and how much is that original contribution so that when you start pulling money out of this IRA, it can be prorated as to which amount is taxable and which amount is not. One of the big mistakes that we often see with clients is they'll say, well, I could never deduct it, but I put money in the IRA all these years. And then we start to ask them, well, how much did you contribute? Because when you're pulling out uh, distributions, it's prorated how much was not deducted on your tax return and how much is earnings. And they have no clue. So we have to go through and get transcripts from the IRS. Hopefully it got recorded on their tax return. It becomes a mess. Now, if you're eligible and you can roll over or convert that traditional IRA, what we call a backdoor Roth IRA, we can actually make a contribution to your traditional IRA and then turn around and convert it into your Roth IRA. Now, this only works if you don't have another account or you don't have anything other than this contribution that you had in there. Uh, you can have a 401k, but if you have another traditional IRA, then it doesn't work as well because the IRS looks at all of your IRAs as aggregate, even if they're in separate accounts. So traditional IRA may or may not be deductible. Uh, the earnings are tax deferred. If it's deductible, obviously you got uh, the tax benefit when you made the contribution. When you start taking money out of that traditional IRA, you will pay taxes on the portion that was deferred. Um, so then there is a Roth IRA and a Roth IRA, as I mentioned, is, has the same limits. It's 6,000 or seven if you're over age 50. But the difference with a Roth IRA is the fact that if you hold it for at least five years until age 59 and a half, you don't have to pay tax on the earnings of that Roth IRA. No, you don't get to deduct the Roth IRA when you make that contribution, but the earnings also are not taxed when you pull money out of there. Now, there are some income limits on who can actually deduct, um, or excuse me, who can actually contribute to a Roth IRA. That's why we have to sometimes do a um, conversion, as we call it, to um to uh, from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. So if you if your income unfortunately is too high, and the income requirements basically for single individuals is greater than one hundred thirty nine thousand, for married individuals it's greater than it's a uh, greater than two hundred and six, and then for married filing separately it's only ten thousand dollars that you can earn to actually contribute directly to a Roth IRA. Now there's phase outs for each of those. So when I say over one. 39 over 206 and over 10, 
uh, that is the maximum compensation you can earn for any any contribution that you can make. Like I said, there are phase outs. So um, I, you know, I'm just trying to give some general information here. So if you earn more than that, that's why we like to tell people, we'll go ahead and contribute to a traditional IRA and then convert it over to a Roth. Where with the traditional IRA, there is no compensation limit on contributing just um, on the deductibility of it potentially. So uh, that's the general idea of a Roth. The benefit is that it does create that there's no taxes when you take money out of the Roth IRA. So if you're young or you're probably going to be in a higher tax bracket when you retire, we really like to see uh, a portion of your money in there. Biggest mistake we see is that people contribute all of their retirement savings into a pre-tax account like a traditional IRA or traditional 401k. And when they retire, then they're pulling money out of a taxable account. And that's the only option that they have. Ideally, we'd love to see people save about a third into taxable um, assets. So like brokerage type accounts that are not uh, protected by for ta- from taxes, a third into a Roth type account, and then or a Roth four hundred one k, and then a third into the pre tax. That way, we can pick and choose from year to year where we're going to pull it from source wise. So those are the top two, uh, uh, IRA and a Roth IRA. Um, then there is a 401k and a 401k is only offered by an employer. Or if you're a small business and you're the only employee, we call it a solo 401k. These have much higher limits that you can contribute. So if you are, are if you are looking to maximize your contributions, these are going to be much higher amounts that you can contribute to the 401k. And again, because of the age, the amount that you can contribute because of your age, the amount that you can contribute might be higher for the 401k um, if you're over the age of 50. So they're trying to allow people to contribute more if they couldn't when they were younger, because, um, you know, maybe you had kids or you had high debt or, um, whatever the reason might be, but they're trying to allow people to contribute more once they get over 50. So for 2020, uh, you can contribute 19,500 if you're under the age of 50. And then if you're over the age of 50, you get to contribute an additional $6,500. So if you're looking at the total amount of 1950 plus 6,500, you're looking at $26,000 that you can contribute. 401ks can have different types of sources within them. So what we would call a traditional 401k only has pre-tax contributions and it will reduce your taxable income both for federal and in most states, but not all. So if you have a plan though, that also has a Roth portion and perhaps you can't make a Roth IRA contribution because your income is too high, then this is one of those ways that you might be able to contribute more to a Roth because the, there's not that restriction on income within the 401k world that there is on the IRA side of retirement savings. And it has the same rules and regulations. When you pull it out, then you don't have to pay taxes on the earnings as long as you meet the 
provisions uh, that we previously discussed. Now, one thing I do want to mention, a 401k plan versus an IRA, they're both retirement accounts and they can both be invested very similarly in nature. People will often say to me, can I hold such and such in my 401k. Well, 401k plans usually have a list of funds that you can choose from, but more and more of them are opening up what's called a brokerage option. And within that brokerage option, you can go out and buy just about any stock or ETF or mutual fund that you want. So that just gives you greater freedom. But understand that a 401k is just another type of retirement savings vehicle and does allow you to contribute more. Now, it doesn't if i if you do contribute into the roth like i mentioned you don't get that same pre-tax benefit but it, that's where we need to balance out what your tax benefit is now versus what your tax benefit is later and then there's also uh plans that are called 403b and just to confuse everybody more there's 403b's that are non-ERISA and there's 403b's that are ERISA uh, if you have a company that's maybe making contributions to the 403B, then you likely have one that's an ERISA plan. If you're an educator, then often those 403Bs are considered non-ERISA, and they have a whole separate different list of rules that are associated with them. Then there's also something called a simple IRA, which is also an employer-sponsored plan. Uh, it was developed so that uh, small business employers could offer a retirement plan without having the, the large costs associated with a 401k plan. They are administratively a little bit expensive, especially for small businesses. So they created what's called a simple um a simple 401 or simple IRA and the employer can either elect to match it or they can elect to make what's called a non-elective contribution into the account. For 2020, the simple IRA, um, you can contribute 13500 If you're over the age of 50, then you can contribute what's called a catch-up contribution. Um, just like in the other plans, you know, they're, they're looking at it from a standpoint saying, okay, you're over 50, you, you have permission to actually increase the amount. And in 2020, um, the amount that you can contribute is an additional $3,000. So technically you could put 16,500 if you're over 50. Now you do have to keep that money in that account for two years or else you could be subject to additional penalties when you withdraw. A SEP uh, plan or what's called a simplified employee plan is a retirement account that's um, basically an IRA, but it's for self-employed persons or small businesses. And they have much higher contribution limits. Basically, 25% of compensation per employee can be contributed. Now, if you are a small, if you're the owner of the company, you're actually kind of limited to 20% because of the formula that they use. So much higher contribution, much easier to start these plans, but the excludability of employees is pretty limited on those types of plans. Then there's what's called a profit sharing plan. Now a profit sharing plan is solely offered by the employer and that would limit, um, 
that would basically a lot of times they're connected with a 401k plan. The limits are much higher on that, about 25% of employees compensation or around $56,000 because there's also income limits involved. And if you're fortunate enough to be with a company that still has a defined benefit plan, some of them are called career average plans and some of them are called uh, cash balance plans. But nonetheless, they're what's called a traditional uh, defined benefit plan. So that's sort of the summary of the different types of retirement plans out there. One that I failed to mention was a 457. A 457 plan is offered by usually a government or educational facility. So um, people can contribute to a 457 plan. A lot of educators are now going in this direction. Uh, the one thing that uh, we like about 457s is often because they're administered at the state level, the fund expense ratios are extremely low, not always, but often. And then we like them because the withdrawal rules are different and less um, less restricted than a 401k or 403b plan is. So again, that's sort of the summary of what the different plans are out there. Now, one thing that we like to remind people of when it comes to distributions of um, comes to distributions from retirement plans, we like to remind that people that if you're un, in most cases, if you're under the age of 59 and a half, you're usually going to get subject to a 10% penalty unless you're doing it as a loan. But even the hardship distributions that are out there within a 401k plan, uh, you, you're still going to be subject to some penalties for the most part. So let's walk through just a, a quick um, difference between an IRA and Roth IRA and some of the 401k distribution op- options. So there are reasons why you can pull money from your traditional IRA Uh, and not be subject, now this is again, the traditional IRA, not be subject to the penalties associated with normal early withdrawal. So when we look at um, most situations, um, again, we go back to that 59 and a half rule that says, if you're under 59 and a half, then you normally are subject to a 10% penalty. But like I mentioned, there is a couple of different cases where that does not apply. Some of them would be um, just to kind of read down through uh, some of the regulations that exist in the IRS code. Uh, and I just want to accentuate one more time. I know I've said this a couple of times, but this is specifically talking about traditional IRAs because there are different rules for different types of IRAs that exist. So if we're looking at... Um, if, if you're looking at different kinds of reasons that you might want to take it out, you can actually pull money from your IRA for medical expenses, not reimbursed by health insurance that exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income. So you would not be subject to the 10% penalty if they um, were, if it was over that amount. You also, if you lose your job and collect unemployment compensation for 12 consecutive weeks, you can take out penalty-free IRA distributions for your health insurance uh, for you or your spouse or dependents. So you must take the distribution in the year you receive the unemployment compensation. That's really important. Now, if you do this and you end up getting reemployed, you could potentially roll money back into the plan uh, as long as it's within 60 days. Another penalty-free distribution from a traditional IRA is for college. 
Um, and it's including tuition, fees, books, supplies, and equipment. Room and board also counts if the individual attending college is at least a half-time student. Now, this is for qualified institutions, including colleges, universities, and vocational schools. However, it will be taxable income and could reduce your you know, financial aid. So be aware of that. Um, another one is because let's say you're a first time home buyer, you can take up to $10,000 or $20,000 for couples from an IRA to build um, or buy your first home. Now you have to be a first time homeowners to qualify for this. So the definition is that you have not owned a home for two preceding years. That's kind of the, the definition. And then um, if you become disabled, that's another reason that you can take penalty-free. And then if you are a mil- member of the military reserves who takes a distribution during a period of active duty, but it has to be for 179 days, um, then you would not pay the penalty on that amount withdrawn. You also have the ability to set up um, as an what's called an annuity payment. So you'd have to you know stick with that annuity once it's set up. And if you do a, a Roth IRA withdrawal, um, early withdrawal often has fewer. I, I should wait on that because Roth IRAs probably have a a, a different. I want to get into a different um, I guess category when I talk about that. Uh, inherited IRAs, if you have an inherited IRA, which we really didn't talk about, meaning that you received it from somebody who passed away, you can take those without any penalty prior to age 59 and a half. So I want to transition to just a second, um, to talking about, and those are the main reasons. And at the very end of this, I will talk about the COVID provisions. So these are the general rules that I'm referring to, but there are some special rules in 2020 that you should be aware of that would also waive the 10% penalty. So I want to quickly talk about a Roth IRA withdrawal. Earlier, I mentioned to you that a Roth IRA could be withdrawn without paying any taxes or penalty as long as you held the Roth IRA for at least five years and you were over uh, 59 and a half, right? So the one thing that we didn't mention is that your contributions are always eligible for withdrawal. So your earnings have to remain in the account, but your contributions themselves are always eligible for withdrawal. So sometimes we'll use a Roth IRA as a, especially when there's competing goals, as a way to save for your emergency fund. We want you to save in a retirement account. We want you to get that money working for you, but you don't have the resources to also save in an emergency fund. So we'll contribute to a Roth IRA with the idea that if you ever needed to get to the principal, then it would be there for you in an emergency purpose. Don't get me wrong. We'd love for you to have a separate emergency fund. And that's certainly an important goal. But if you can't, then this is one way that we go about doing it. Uh, There are also withdrawal provisions that permit uh, early withdrawals on Roth IRAs as well, very similar to traditional IRAs in nature as to why you can withdraw money early without the 10% penalty. You do pay tax on withdrawals. I just want to accentuate that. Now, when we're talking about 401k withdrawals, there's a different set of rules for 401k withdrawals. 
401k withdrawals, if you retire after the age of 55, we strongly encourage you until you're age 59 and a half to leave the money in the 401k plan, if at all possible. The reason for that is that there is a provision in the regulations that actually state that if you you, um, withdraw money after age 55, because you retired after 55, but before age 59 and a half, you only have to pay ordinary income tax. You do not have to pay uh, the 10% penalty. So that's one of the exceptions when you're withdrawing money from a 401k plan is that you don't have to, um, you don't have to move the money immediately upon retirement. Um, they might charge you some administrative expenses, but you're not required to do that immediately. So we strongly encourage people to consider uh, leaving money in the plan between the age of 55 and 59 and a half in case you need the money. The IRS uh, governs 401k plans uh, so uh, for hardship withdrawals, um, and hardship withdrawals are only available if there is an immediate heavy financial need. The withdrawal must be necessary to satisfy your needs, and the withdrawal cannot exceed the maximum amount needed under the hardship rules. The hardship withdrawals can be made for cases like medical care expenses, costs directly related to the purchase of your primary residence, funeral expenses, tuition and related expenses, and expenses incurred to repair damage of your principal residence. One thing we want to make sure is that you understand the difference here between an IRA, Roth IRA, and a 401k. Hardship withdrawals are subject to income tax. And if you're not at least 59 and a half, you're still subject to the 10% withdrawal penalty. Remember, I said you weren't subject to that under the IRA provisions, but you are subject to it under the 401k provisions. So it's important that you understand. And the rules for 403b plans are very similar to the rules for 401k plans. So often we try not to take withdrawals from a 401k plan under the hardship provisions. Sometimes people can take a loan from their 401k plan and that would avoid the 10% penalty. Obviously it's a payment that you'd have to make, but at least it would avoid the 10% penalty. So the takeaways from a 401k withdrawal that I want to make sure that people are aware of, and again, this is under the normal rules, not under COVID, but the 401k rules um, that I want you to walk away with is that if you're between 55 and 59 and a half and you retire from your company, leave the money in the 401k plan in case you need to draw out of there. That way you're avoiding the 10% penalty. If you have to take money out of your 401k plan, consider a loan first uh, prior to a hardship because, again, that avoids the 10% penalty. And then the third thing that we want to make sure people are aware of is, well, yeah, the third thing I guess we want to make sure that people are aware of is that with a 401k plan, often when you do take a hardship withdrawal, there is a, you have to stop contributing to the plan as well. So that's, that not only takes money out of your plan, but also says you can't contribute for a bit when, when you, um, take that hardship where with a 401k with loan, you actually could. And again, a loan is not taxable. So just to reiterate that, and these are under the regular provisions. Those are the highlights of those types of plans, which are predominantly what most people have. So I'm going to kind of limit my comments to that, to give time to talk about, the provisions under the 2020 rules of the of COVID-19. Um, notice 2020-50, for those of you that want to actually go out and read the regulations, 
came out with um, the regulations on what provisions would affect under the CARES Act qualified individuals that may treat the coronavirus-related distributions up to $100,000 in distributions made from their eligible retirement plan, and this includes IRA, and it has to be between January 1st and December 30th. A coronavirus-related distribution is not subject to the 10% additional tax. Now, I'm reading this specifically from the IRA website. So even if the person is under 59 and a half and it is a coronavirus-related distribution, it is not subject to the 10% penalty. They also, if you take a distribution, you also can um, spread that income over a three-year period. So if you took, let's say that you took $15,000, then you actually can spread that income of $5,000 each year for a period of three years on your tax return. So instead of taking adding $15,000 to your income all in one year, then you could actually spread it out over three years. Now, for some people, it may make sense to take all of it in one year because your income might be down significantly and therefore it makes sense to do it all in one year. To be to qualify as an individual who can take that distribution, there are very specific um, items that you know you need to follow. So one is if you're diagnosed or a spouse or dependent is diagnosed, then you qualify. If you experience adverse financial consequences as a result, then you would qualify. Now, what does that mean? If you had to be quarantined, if you had to be furloughed or you were laid off, your hours were reduced, uh, you couldn't work because you had no childcare, the business that you worked for closed, if you were self-employed and you couldn't pay yourself um, or it was significantly reduced, or if a job offer was actually rescinded or delayed, so your income was impacted by that. One other thing that we want to mention for this, now the plan, uh, 401k plans may not have been able to adopt these provisions yet, but as long as they plan to, you would qualify. So you want to talk with your employer if that's the case. Um, The guidance actually clarifies that administrators can rely on individuals a certification um, that they would uh, be affected by this. So it does take some of the um, due diligence work off the employer. The employee is basically saying, yes, I was impacted by that. The other thing that I do want to mention about um, the distributions that you take under uh, coronavirus, you can, I mentioned you can include it or in income over three years, or you can actually repay it. So if you took a distribution this year you actually can repay that distribution over a three-year period to undo the tax consequences of the distribution. And that's a really important provision that I want to make sure people are aware of. I know some people that have taken a distribution this year because they did lose their job. And although they're getting unemployment, they're not sure if they're going to continue to be able to get the level of unemployment that they're currently getting and their income is reduced even with the unemployment. So they're taking distributions to, you know, to make sure that they're able to cover their debt. And remember it, it has to be between January 1st and December 30th, not 31st, but December 30th in order to actually qualify. And it can be, it can be as much as a hundred thousand dollars. In fact, originally it was like 50, but now it's a hundred thousand dollars. So, um, it's important to know what those rules are. And one other provision I just want to mention that's in the CARES Acts that was related to plan loan amounts and repayment terms. 
usually if you aren't paying the plan loan payments, then um, it's defaulted, but they actually are allowing, many plans are suspending loan repayments so that more people have money in their pocket, basically from March 27th through December 31st. And as I mentioned, the dollar amount of the loans actually went from 50,000 to 100,000. So I know this was a lot of information in the 30 minutes that were packed into this. We are here for you. If you have questions about anything that I said, please feel free to reach out, comment, like, share, make sure that people are aware of the special provisions, the normal provisions, but also the special provisions for 2020 that do take place. There are some planning opportunities uh, hidden in these provisions, and we want to make sure that people are aware of them. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If there's other things that you want to know more about, like I said, please comment, please like, and share us as we really want to make sure that more and more people are aware of what these provisions are. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope that you are able to now sit back and enjoy your favorite beverage. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.